0: Second Kings chapter four, verse 25. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. It is well? How could it possibly be well with this woman? Her only son is dead, for crying out loud. Elijah and his servant Gehazi should have been ashamed for even asking such an insensitive question. This mother's problem started the day that her little boy went to work with her husband. Dad was a farmer. And the two were out in the fields when the boy complained about a severe headache. It was harvest time, which meant that dad was extremely busy with his hired hands and his temporary laborers. And so when his son screamed out, My head! My head! This father did what any other concerned, conscientious dad would do. He sent the boy back to his mom. A servant picked up the boy and carried him back to the house. And we're told in chapter 4 verse 20, when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. What an ordeal for this mom. She sat there all afternoon and watched her son's condition deteriorate. She was helpless. By sundown, the boy was dead on her knees. I honestly can't imagine any mother suffering a more terrible fate. And this break in your heart that you feel for this mother would be even wider if you knew the whole story. For this was the woman's only son. She and her husband had tried for years to conceive a child, but to no avail. After all of the fertility treatments and the long prayer sessions, the miracle happened when they least expected. The baby was born shortly after they had befriended Elisha. You see, they noticed that when the prophet made his rounds, he would always walk right by their house. The couple had a spare bedroom. And so one day the woman suggested to her husband, why not we offer our room to the prophet Elisha? It wasn't much. Just a bed, a table and a chair perhaps, maybe a lamp. But it was a place where Elijah could stop over, either for the night or for a nap. It was an act of kindness on their part, and it was certainly a service to God. And Elisha appreciated the gesture, so much so he wanted to do something nice for the lady and her husband. In verse 13, the prophet said to his servant Gehazi, Say now to her, Look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can we do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. In other words, thanks, but no thanks. This family had ample provision, they had proper protection. The last thing they wanted was a government handout or a military lookout. Gehazi, though, had been observing the lifestyle of this couple. He noticed that there were no toys or swing sets in the yard. There were no baby blankets on the clothesline. No strollers or diapers there in the corner of the garage. He even saw that they drove a sporty two seater rather than a minivan. And Gehazi had concluded rightly, verse 14, she has no son. And her husband is old. Aha! Here is a way that Elisha can return the generosity and hospitality of this couple. He can pray. He can ask God to provide them a child. Elijah was obviously confident that God approved of his intentions. For the prophet makes a bold prediction. In verse 16, he tells the woman, About this time next year, you shall embrace A son what a promise and can you imagine the joy and elation a year later when this child was born it was a miracle a barren couple had been blessed with a baby boy after the baby's birth I'm sure Elijah must have sort of scratched his head and thought what in the world have I done his nap times were no longer as peaceful with a baby around But Elisha was delighted that God had brought such joy to this house. Everyone who knew their story viewed this little boy as God's miracle child. And yet this fact only added to the mother's grief and confusion. I can hear this mom cry, God, this was a miracle. This baby was your gift to me. To take my boy so young is cruel. He's a flower yet to bloom. He's a butterfly still in his cocoon. Why lay him in my arms to snatch him away from me so quickly? Imagine a woman convulsing tears, slumped over a small, lifeless corpse, the limp little head bobbing up and down on her quivering knees. What an awful picture. But after this woman gains her composure... She performs an amazing act of resolve in faith. With the little strength that she has left, she picks up the boy and she takes him to Elisha's room. She lays him out on the bed and she closes the door behind her. Apparently, at this point, she's the only person who knew what had happened. Next, she calls for a donkey. She's going to see the prophet. She saddles him up. And she tosses the keys to her servant and tells him in verse 24, drive and go forward. Now, I told you they had a two-seater. This woman, though, was too upset to drive herself. She says to her chauffeur, do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. In other words, step on it, man. Before they leave, though, the servant wants to know why they're going to see Elisha. He asked the woman in verse 23, Why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon or the Sabbath. In other words, it was like getting up on a weekday, going to church. I mean, why go to Calvary Chapel? It's Monday. There are no Bible studies on Monday. There are no worship services. Hey, if you want to see Elijah, just just wait for a few days. He'll be around. He'll be back around. And it's really weird how she responds. The remainder of verse 23 reads, And she said, it is well. It's as if she's answering another question. It is well is not a rational response to the query, why are you going to him today? It's as if another issue entirely is on her mind. It's as if she's answering a totally different question. Which brings us to our text. When the grieving mom reaches Elisha, He sends out Gehazi to greet her. And in verse 26, he asks her three questions. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And as I read this story, the answer to all three questions is an adamant no. Of course it's not well. It's certainly not well with this mom. My, her heart has been ripped out. She's cried so much, her tear ducts are dry. She's become dehydrated from her crying. And it's not well with this husband either. I mean, suddenly she realizes she's married to an insensitive lug. She's been embroiled in this all-day vigil, overseeing her little boy's death, while her lame-brained, calloused husband can't be pried away from work long enough to come and help her. He's still out in the field when she leaves for Elisha. And of course, it's not well with the child. She left her son at home. His cold corpse is lying on a bed. It's been taken over by rigor mortis. If I had been this woman and Elisha's servant had come up to me and asked, Is it well? I would have gone ballistic. I would have flipped a lid. I would have blown a fuse. I would have said, Is it well? Is it well? I'll show you if it's well. And bam, I would have popped him right in the kisser. But in verse 26, the Shunammite woman answers, "It is well." This morning, I want to ask all the mothers here today three questions. Mom, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And ladies in the time we have left, before you answer that question, I want you to work through this, these questions with me. Let's work on it together before we reach our final answer. First, if you're a mother, is it well with you? Most of us have never lost a child. We've never had a child down our knees. But if you've been a mom for long, you know that motherhood has other taxing challenges. I'm thankful the closest Kathy and I have ever come to losing a child was not being able to find one in the neighborhood. Not all mothers have lost a child, but all moms have at times felt like they were losing their mind. I know you've lost your patience and your sanity and your figure. And your energy, my. Listen to a poem. It's called A Mom's Prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my sanity to keep. For if some peace I do not find, I'm pretty sure I'll lose my mind. I pray I find a little quiet, far from the daily family riot. May I relax, not have to think about what they're stuffing down the sink. Or who they're with or where they're at or what they're doing to the cat. I pray for time all to myself. Did I just hear something fall off the shelf? To cuddle in my nice soft bed. Oh no, another goldfish dead. A silent moment for goodness sake. Did I just hear a window break? And that I need not cook or clean. Why not? I've got the right to dream. Yes, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray my wits about me keep. But as I look around, I know... I must have lost them long ago. A mom's prayer. Here are a few entries in the dictionary of motherhood. Grandparents. You know what grandparents are, don't you? They're the people who think your children are wonderful even though they're sure you're not raising them right. Grandparents. Impregnable. You know what that means? That's a woman whose memory of labor is still vivid. She's impregnable. Prenatal. When your life was still somewhat your own. Sterilize. What you do to your first baby's pacifier by boiling it in water and your last baby's pacifier by blowing on it. (laughs) Sterilize. (laughs) Temper tantrum. What you should keep to a minimum so you don't upset the children. And I know I'm going to get in trouble for this last one. If, if you have, if, send your emails to Pastor James, please. Weaker sex. The kind you have after the kids have worn you out. Well, <laughs> my wife la- laughs the loudest. <sighs> Did you hear about the mother of several preschoolers who sent out thank you notes for the new gifts that she received at her latest baby shower? One of the notes read, Many thanks for the playpen. I use it daily. From two to three in the afternoon, I get in it to read, and the children can't get near me. (laughs) Have you ever noticed that when a gold miner strikes The main vein, when he hits the rock with the heaviest portion of that precious metal, what do we call it? The mother load. Well, I'm telling you, a mother's load can get awfully heavy at times. Is it well with you, mom? Perhaps you would answer, not really. I'm tired. And I'm burned out, quite frankly. I love my children, but I just about concluded that I'm not cut out for this mommy gig. I haven't lost a child to death, but I feel like I've lost them in other ways. I've lost my kids to a busy, hurried lifestyle that gives us little time to to talk or to pray. I've lost them to ungodly friends or to worldly influences. There have been nights when I've tucked my kids in bed and closed the door, and I've wondered if I was losing them or if they were losing me. If the question was posed to you today, is it well, how would you respond, Mom? No, I'm not well. I wear a smile, but I'm tired, and I'm not sure I can carry on. Mom, in a moment, I'm going to show you how the Shunammite was able to feel everything you're feeling, plus some, and yet still be able to respond, it is well. But there's another question to ask first. Is it well with your husband? Please now, muffle any laughter, any snickers you might have, because I know what most of you are thinking. Are you kidding? Sure it's well with my husband. Why wouldn't it be? He's got his head stuck in the sand. He doesn't even know what I'm going through. The kids are lost. I'm dying inside, and he's still at the office harvesting a paycheck. Is it well with my husband? Of course it's not. He needs to get his act together and he needs to care for his family instead of just that job. You know, there's another definition in the dictionary of motherhood, bottle feeding. It's an opportunity for daddy to also get up at two o'clock in the morning. Once a mother was walking with her four-year-old daughter, the little girl picked up an object off the ground and she started to stick it in her mouth. Her mom told her not to do that. The little girl wondered Why? Mom replied, well, honey, it's been laying outside, it's dirty, it it probably has germs. And the little girl was astonished. She said, wow, mom, how do you know all this stuff? Well, this was a mother quick at thinking on her feet, and so she answered, well, it's the mommy test. You have to know it, or they don't let you be a mommy. Well, as they continued down the path, the mother noticed that the little girl was delving into some serious thought. And after a few minutes, she finally blurted out, she says, I get it now. Then if you flunk the mommy test, you have to be a daddy. (laughs) Hey, my purpose this morning is not to trash or bash dads. Men, I'm on your side. I am an advocate for two-parent families. Dads are important. A child needs both a mom and a dad. But you know, a father isn't just a figurehead. A good dad is an active dad. All dads need to take leadership in the training and discipline of their kids. I love dads. I am a dad. But I do want to point out this morning that no matter how hard a dad tries, there are times when his wife is still going to think he's not doing enough. And, Mom, this is where you need to be careful. For men are like yarn, push the yarn. And it goes nowhere. To move a piece of yarn, it has to be pulled. Thus, to cultivate a good man, you have to learn to pull the right strings. Ladies, you will move your husband to be the man God wants and that you need by pulling him along with your love and your respect and your example and your encouragement. Not pushing him with harsh words and angry tones and constant badgering. Years ago, I had a friend tell me the best thing I could do for my kids was to love their mother. And that's true. But the reverse is just as valid. Mom, this may not be readily observable from where you're sitting, but it's true nonetheless. The best thing that you can do for your kids is to love and honor and support their father. Understand, you can't put dad down in front of your kids and then expect those same kids to one day respect him. You know, on rare occasion, Kathy and I will get upset with each other. We'll disagree on a subject or, or maybe argue over an action. And, and all of a sudden, one of us will just stop and we'll say to the, to the other, wait a minute, let's remember we're both on the same team. Sometimes we can forget that, can't we? You know the old saying about teamwork, don't you? Teamwork is like a waterfall. It's a lot of drips working together. Well, every mom needs the cooperation of her child's dead. That's why you need to encourage him, not cut him down. Ladies, here's a new recipe gotten out of a cookbook. Husbands can be spoiled by improper cooking. Some women keep their husband in hot water or let him freeze. Or keep him in a stew. Or pickle him. No husband will be tender and good when so managed. But they're really delicious when properly prepared. A mom does herself a favor by building up her children's dad. Ladies, is it well with your husband? I can't really say. But I know if he's anything like Kathy's husband, the answer is no. He's a pile of problems. That's what he is. Just like the Shunammite's husband, he gets too wrapped up in the harvest at times. There are times when his wife needs him to help shoulder the burden and he's still out in the field. At times, the guy's downright insensitive. But if your husband is like Kathy's husband or like the Shunammite's husband, I'm going to show you how you can still say of him, it is well. There was a reason she answered as she did. But before I disclose it, There's one more question. Mom, is it well with the child? Boy, sometimes we wonder, don't we? The comic strip, for better, for worse, it chronicles family life. And occasionally there's a strip to which I can really relate. Here's one. The first three frames show mom and dad. They're lying in bed. They're worrying about their child. They're asking questions like, are we too tough on Mike? Are not tough enough? Do we give in too often? Do we listen? Do we understand? Do we nag too much? Are we good parents? How do we know what to do? The final frame pictures 10-year-old Mike. He's in bed thinking trouble with parents is they think they know it all. (laughs) So often we really don't, do we? You know, sometimes kids are sweet and nice and respectful. Then there are other times when they act like they've just climbed down out of a tree. If you're married and contemplating kids, having kids, the mind bender at Six Flags is good preparation for parenthood. Once a mother was hurried and hassled preparing dinner for her husband's family. That night at dinner, she asked her little girl to say grace. Grace daughter was reluctant mom I I don't really know what to say and the mother should have just left it alone but she was so proud of the sweet prayers that her daughter usually prayed finally the mother suggested honey sure you know what to say just say the last prayer you heard mommy pray and that's when the little girl bowed her head and said oh lord why did I invite all these people to dinner As mom, you never know what to expect from your children. Here are a few more entries in the dictionary of motherhood. Defense. What you'd better have around the yard if you let the kids out. Look out. What it's too late for your kid to do by the time you've screamed it. Top monk. Where you never put a child wearing Superman jammies. <laughs> Two-minute warning. When the baby's face turns red, and he or she begins to make those familiar grunting noises. <laughs> Nonverbal. The ability to whine without words. And whoops, it's an exclamation that roughly translates into get a sponge. You know, a mom knows her child's ups and downs. A mom understands her kids' moods and hormones. A mom can differentiate between what's a rite of passage and what's a departure from the right path. A mom takes it all in. She considers it, and then she answers the question, is it well with the child? You know, if anyone knows the heart of a child, it's his or her mom. I believe God gives to mothers a sixth sense. A mom is to the soul of her child what Kurt Mellish is to the weather. She can read the signs. She knows the thoughts. If a mother slows her busyness and spends time with her brood, if she really watches and listens, she'll be able to answer this question. She'll know if it's well or if there's a problem with her child. Well, the Shunammite son was dead as a doorknob. You would expect her to answer, no, it's not well. But she did something about his deadness. She boarded a donkey. And she went to the person who has the power to help. The Shunammite mom went to the man of God, Elijah. And she was so confident that God through Elijah could help her son, she considered it already done. The help already received. The boy already alive. That's why she replied, It is well. Her answer to Gehazi was a statement of faith. I believe three truths motivated this mom. And if you're a mom here this morning, you need to write down these three truths on a piece of paper and consult them often. First, the child was promised. The child was promised. Second, God was powerful. And third... Help was present. The child was promised. God was powerful. And His help was present. I believe these same three truths apply to every mom's situation here today. First of all, mom, your child is just as much a miracle as this mother's son. Every child is a miracle from God. The psalmist says that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. None of us are an accident. We are all a promise. God has shaped us and fashioned us in our mother's womb. God has a divine plan for every son and every daughter. Second, God is the one with the power to restore a lost child. 2 Kings chapter 4 goes on to describe how Elisha, he returns with the woman. He enters the room where the boy's dead body is lying on the bed. And then he robs the grim reaper. Elisha restores the Shunammite son from the clutches of death. Mom, God can deal with the deadness in your child. If he can resurrect a child from the dead, then God can deliver your child from distraction or disbelief or defiance or deception. God has the power to rescue and restore. And third, this woman believed that God's help was present That's why she saddled the donkey and she ordered the driver to push the pedal to the metal while she made a beeline straight to the man of God. And mom, I suggest you do the same. Don't delay it. This woman's servant was wrong. You don't have to wait for a new moon or a Sabbath or even a Sunday morning to pay God a visit. He is ready to help you at your point of need. God hears a mother's prayers. All moms, hear ye, hear ye. Because your child is promised. And your God is powerful. And His help is present. I suggest you not give up. I exhort you today to have faith, mom. God can help you. Even you. Even you who carry a mother's load. The God who delivered this mom from her grief can deliver you from your grind. If you're a mom in need of help, God can be your strength. And God can help your husband. Yes, he can. Even your husband. Ladies, when you're done pushing and picking and pecking and prodding and pestering the old boy, why not you try praying for him? God can work wonders in his heart. The God who raised a boy's corpse off of Elijah's bed can raise your husband off his couch. And God can help your child. Yes, even your child. Your child may be a wayward child, but he's still a promised child. Perhaps he or she is a miracle marred. But they are a miracle nonetheless. The Shunammite's mother didn't hesitate. She went immediately to man of God for his help. With her child. Mom, I encourage you to do the same today. If you read the rest of the chapter, you'll learn how God used Elisha to raise this woman's son from the dead. But never forget, never forget this woman's faith. This was a mom who believed all along, even at the very height of the crisis, that God would help her family. That's why she answered, It is well. In her heart of hearts, and it was a heart of faith, all was well. God was at work. Even though her son sat lifeless in her lap, she knew that God had not abandoned her. Her son's illness was no surprise to God, it was a test of her faith. Would she trust God, or would she succumb? to her feelings of despair. Mom, I want to encourage you today. Hold on to God's promise. Rely on God's power. Rest in His ever-present help in time of need. In spite of how your situation might appear, rise up in faith and utter utter the same declaration of faith that the Shunammite utters, It is well with my child. It is well with my husband. And it is well with this mom. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you. For our moms here today, we love them, Lord. We appreciate them. And we honor them here among us this morning. Lord, I pray that this morning's message would bring them hope and encouragement. Lord, help them to remember that their child was promised. That their God is powerful And that his help is present. That applies to every situation moms are facing today. Help us remember these truths and act on them. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.